G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. By now we have some sense of anticipation about emerging from a long period of social isolation and wondering what that might look like. Even the government is warning to brace for some sort of shock as things develop towards moving back to what is being called a new normal. For many, the new normal may look like the sense of austerity that comes with a recession or, as some are predicting, even a depression. For some of us, a sense of loss and regret at what we had before that may not be so easily restored. So where is God in the emergence from lockdown and how can you hear his voice in the midst of the storm? Where's God when your old job might not be there and you've got to start back at square one again? Or as a family, you're back to surviving on one income? A lot of Christians have been trying to make sense of where God is in the crisis. Not defeated by the circumstances, but now more than ever needing to hear God's voice and experience His hope and a sense of His peace that passes understanding. Well, Tanya Harris leads God Conversations, and she loves to talk about hearing God's voice. Over this coming hour, a discussion about hearing God's voice in the midst of what's happening with coronavirus. Tanya Harris, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's great to be here. Tanya, lockdown means different things to different people, doesn't it? And there's no one style of reaction here. Everybody's got a different thought, but some are taking it pretty hard. Yeah, I heard that uh, saying that was going around social media. We're not all in the same boat, but we're in the same storm. And I think that's very true. People are facing very different outcomes of the pandemic. So what's you know difficult for one isn't as difficult for another. But we're certainly all experiencing a lot of change. Some of us are very stoic about it all and, you know, we'll just keep a stiff upper lip, uh, we'll go through this and everything will be fine. Others are a little more emotional and prone to all sorts of swings in our emotions, uh, confusion and uh, those sorts of feelings. And this is, I imagine, and I'll get your thoughts here, this is sort of a, a usual normal reaction when you're going through all sorts of trials. So true. Everyone responds differently. I was watching in the early days and just seeing how fast people were pivoting, you know, in their businesses and they were quickly changing track. I'm one of those people that takes a long time to adjust. So I'm still in denial. I remember when the borders closed down, I'm thinking I was just due to go on a flight to Germany and speak at a conference there. And lo and behold, it's it's over. And I'm like, no, this can't be happening. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a, I take a bit of time to adjust. But I think it's true. Well, our different personalities uh, do respond to change differently. So we all have to work through what that means for us. I imagine that when we go back to the Bible, a lot of times when God speaks, 
it's in the midst of hardship. And hardship's not something we ought to be flinching away from because oftentimes that's the way God gets our attention. Yeah, it's true. I I always think whenever something like this happens, it's a really good opportunity to go to God and ask for insight or wisdom that we haven't had before because often when things are going well, we don't have a need to open up that conversation. But something like this, I think, really provokes us into saying, okay, God, what are you saying in the midst of all of this? You know, you're, you're, you're God, you're still with us. Your promises are true. Your love is constant. So what now? I imagine that some, when they're listening for what God is saying, are looking for new direction. Others are listening for some level of comfort in the hurt and the circumstances they're going through. Uh, God is speaking on a whole lot of different dimensions here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The beauty of uh, God is that he's given us his spirit to speak to us individually and personally. I remember early on when everything was being locked down, I had a conversation with a friend of mine and we had both received what we had thought was some good promises for 2020. Do you remember how it felt on New Year's Day? You know, that beginning of the year and you're like, it's going to be a great year and this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And um, I was chatting with this friend of mine and we were saying, well, what happens now to all the promises that we'd received for this year? Do they still come to pass? And um, I, I, there was a song that was going around at the time where it talks about you never stop God, he never stops working. And it was interesting because what the, the, the scripture that's been on my heart the whole time is Romans 8.28, that in all things God continues to work for those who are called according to his purpose. And I remember thinking, you know what, I'm going to grab hold of that right at the beginning of this. I'm going to look for it in foresight and not in hindsight, because in all things God continues to work for good and for his purpose. So that means that whatever is happening to me around me, God is still working. So therefore, let me find out what God is doing and then let me cooperate with that. And um, so that's been a bit of a theme personally for me, but I think that also applies to every single one of us, whatever our situation, whether we've lost our job or whether we're um, going through isolation and loneliness and whatever situation we're facing, that, that truth that God works in all things continues to hold even in the midst of a pandemic. Let's stay with the beginning of the year and all of those hopes and aspirations that we had. And as you say, at the beginning of a year, you do have New Year's resolutions and you make your plans. I mean, we can think of biblical scriptures that say, you know, how can you plan tomorrow? Because only God knows what tomorrow holds. There's a certain sense in which we make our plans. We have our own personal sense of aspiration. But when God intervenes and something different happens, uh, then we're either trusting in him or trusting in our own plans. Uh, It's quite a shock, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's not just even when God intervenes. I think it's just when life intervenes. Again, I was um, meditating on the story of Joseph, um, which everyone, you know, people may be familiar with, you know, this young guy who receives these plans from God for his life that one day he would be in great leadership. And, you know, I can just imagine him, at, like the beginning of us at a new year, imagining what's it going to look like and what kind of leader am I going to be and looking into the future. And the next thing he knows, his brothers get jealous, throw him into a pit and sell him into slavery 
to Egypt. (laughs) And, you know, these circumstances happen. And then he, you know, he goes into Potiphar's house. He's sold into Potiphar's house. He serves faithfully. He rises up into a position of leadership in that household. And he's probably thinking, this is it. This is the plan of God being fulfilled. And then what happens? He gets falsely accused, thrown into the depths of an Egyptian prison and um, finds himself probably asking those same questions. What happens to all the promises of God? What happens to all my plans and dreams? But, you know, as the story goes, God has a way of performing his his promises in spite of everything. And I just love the words that Joseph says at the end of that whole episode. And he says, what, what was intended for evil, God meant for good. And I just think it, it applies to us. What, God is not the cause of a coronavirus. He's not the cause of pain and suffering, but he can certainly use it to propel his purposes forward. He was not the cause of Joseph's jealousy or Potiphar's wife's seduction. He wasn't the cause of that, but yet he used it in such a sovereign way that it looked like that that was the plan all along. And I I think what's going to happen is that we're going to be able to look back on this time and say, God was not the cause of my unemployment. He was not the cause of my isolation. He was not the cause of all this suffering. But gee, he used it. And look how he propelled us into the purpose of God. And it's going to look like it was God's plan A all along. And I you know, I was thinking about our plan A and, and then God's plan B. And then when plan B fails, plan C kicks in. And somehow at the end of it all, God's, Plan C looks like his plan A. So the sovereignty of God, who can work that out? Yes. And, of course, Joseph going through such hardship and him being able to see at the end of it all how God was working that all together for good. I'm asking listeners today to respond to a Facebook question and they'll be able to cast a vote and make a comment. But the question today, Tanya, is... Is it easier to hear God's voice when you feel good or when you feel bad? And I wonder whether Mm. you've got some insight there, because if people throughout the scriptures have been really open to God's voice in the midst of their hardship and oftentimes tragedy, uh, then that might indicate that feeling bad might make us more attuned to hearing God. Yeah, it's a good question. I think God is always speaking whether we are going through bad situations or not. Sometimes our emotions and the circumstances we're in will lead us to listen more carefully. So I think that's probably the key. But I also think it's true that we don't need to wait for those bad circumstances to attend carefully to God's what he's saying. So, And sometimes, you know, I think... It can be hard to hear God clearly in um, good times as much as bad times because we tend to hear what we want to hear. And so I think regardless of what is going on in our lives, the issue is whether we're willing to listen to what God is saying and we're open to it. But certainly bad circumstances give us the give us a good reason to listen. <laughs> Actually, I was, I was reflecting on that recently, Neil, um, near my house. Uh, I, I live near the beach and I was walking on the beach and it was a stunning uh, sunset and everyone is out walking. It's just fantastic. <laughs> it's like, you know, the tracks are usually empty. Mm-hmm. Everyone's inside, but everyone was out walking. And I was just reflecting on that proverb that says, get wisdom, get understanding. And though it costs you everything that you have, 
And, you know, we may have lost a lot in this season, but we can actually get wisdom from God in this season that is worth so much that can carry us into every other season. So... I think it's always a good time to hear from God. Let's come back to the very, very starter point. Uh, for that listener who's tuned in today saying, I've always had trouble hearing from God. I'm jealous of people who seem to be able to hear from God every moment of the day. When we, <laughs> when we want to hear from God, whether, as we say, good times or bad, and perhaps it is a little easier to know that you are on the lookout to hear God's voice in a hard time, but where do you say is the starting point for yeah. opening your ears to hear God? The reason why I was laughing a little bit was because I'm that person who <laughs> <laughs> I used to say exactly the same thing. I struggle so much to hear. Uh, at the starting point, it's, it's not about how long you've been a Christian for. It's not about how much you know the Bible or how holy you see, perceive yourself to be. It's we have from God through the Spirit. So it's about opening up our hearts to hearing what the Spirit is saying. So the, the starting point has to be faith that God wants to speak to me and an openness to hear what God says. And that's our starting point. You know, I think time and time again when Jesus was preaching to people when he was on earth, he, 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 he preached to people they heard his voice, but they didn't understand what he was saying. And he said things like, he who has ears to hear, let them hear. And people heard the words, but they didn't always attend to what Jesus was saying. And I think it's because it's a spiritual receptivity. It's not, a, it's not an intelligent thing. It's not something that we, we get because we're really smart or really clever. It's a position of faith that says, God, speak to me. I'm listening. And then being open to what the Spirit is doing, saying to the Holy Spirit, teach me what you sound like, God, because, you know, if we haven't heard his voice before, a bit like the prophet Samuel in the Old Testament, who God's speaking to Samuel and he completely misses it three times. <laughs> it's like, yep. you know, is that, is that you, God? <laughs> and um, so we have to start like any relationship between just being open and starting to listen and begin to pray God, your spirit was given to every single person, to sons, daughters, young and old, that we would hear from you, and therefore I'm asking you to speak to me. So, That's Tanya, here we are in the midst of a pandemic. There's the health crisis, there's the economic crisis. And while we wouldn't say that God sent the pandemic, as we talked about just a little earlier, the idea that there is a pandemic and God isn't taken by surprise by that, but he's now got our attention. And so when we're now listening, I'm just thinking of those words I think we'd read in the book of Revelation. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit would say to the church. There's mm -hmm. a certain sense in which mm -hmm. God might be speaking to the whole world. He'll be speaking to the church and he'll be speaking to individuals. Lots of different mm -hmm. dimensions there that people will hear God on a whole lot of different levels. That is exactly right. And eventually everyone hears from God in a way that leads them into the same truth. But that truth is applied differently to every situation. And so we seek God for our own circumstances, but we also listen to what the Spirit is saying to the church and what the Spirit is saying to the world, absolutely. And you see that in the Scriptures all over. God spoke to the nation of Israel, but then he also spoke to individuals. He spoke to the seven churches 
of Asia Minor and Revelation, but he also spoke to John. So, again, the Spirit is a beautiful um, gift that we have that enables us to take the truth of Jesus and the gospel into our own situation. Can I share a story, Neil? Sure. Uh, a friend of mine um, got stuck in Australia. He was away from his family because all the borders closed down. And um, he was praying and saying, God, you know, give me wisdom, speak to me. <laughs> he felt God say, go and buy a PlayStation. This is right at the beginning of lockdown. And he's like, I can't buy a PlayStation. This is not a time to be playing video games. And I certainly don't have the money for luxury goods. Um But he really thought it was from God. And the next day, someone gave him a big sum of money. So he went out and (laughs) bought this PlayStation. Anyway, he comes home and he has a phone call to his family. He's stuck on the other side of the world. And his little seven-year-old son says to him, Daddy, I miss you so much. I I miss playing with the PlayStation with you. (laughs) And um, my friend says, well, jump onto this game and see if you can find me there. And they, the two of them end up on either side of the world playing on their PlayStation together, bonding, chatting, laughing, and just um, bridging that isolation from a father from his son on the other side of the world. And I thought, isn't that a profound way that God would speak and reveal the heart of God for every individual and for every family that's separated and for every person that is suffering right now? And so I think... The Spirit knows what to do in whatever situation we find ourselves in. So I think that's, that applies to every single one of us. We can go to God and say, God, what? how do you want me to use this time? How do you want me to grow? What are you doing? What are you saying? Let me be open to what you are doing to work in all things for your purposes. That was a beautiful testimony. And on a dimension that we didn't mention, the idea of a parent with their child, Because isn't it the case that if you're having a devotional time in the morning, God might speak to you individually? If you arrive at work, he might speak to you on a level of your business direction. If you're on the eldership of or leadership of your church, that he's Mm -hmm. going to speak into that sort of context. But God Mm -hmm. has the capacity to speak into all of the contexts of our lives at all of these different levels. Yes. Yeah, I've just um, finished my PhD in this area and it was um, in the field of practical theology which looks at our theology and how it works in practice. And so my research was qualitative and it involved interviewing nearly 100 people about their experiences hearing from God. And can you imagine what fun that was? (laughs) (laughs) I got to hear everyone's stories and they were so unique and so creative and so powerful Still the same themes of God all coming through, but expressed in very different situations. And it's so profound to see the Spirit of God speaking individually and personally and very, very powerfully to each person. It's quite beautiful. Tanya Harris is our guest. Tanya leads God Conversations. The website is godconversations.com. We're going to continue our conversation very shortly. And a reminder to listeners, our Facebook question today is, is it easier to hear God's voice when you feel good or when you feel bad? We're back with more with Tanya Harris shortly. Welcome back. It is the Monday edition of 2020 and we're talking about hearing God in lockdown. And by now we all have some sense of anticipation 
about what emerging from a long period of social isolation might look like. Even the government is warning to brace for some more shocks as things develop towards moving back to what is being called a new normal. And for many of us, the new normal may look more like a sense of austerity, hard times that come from a recession, maybe even a depression. For some of us, a sense of loss and regret that what we had before may not be so easily restored. Well, our conversation is about hearing from God, and Tanya Harris is our guest. Tanya leads God Conversations and loves to talk about hearing God's voice. Tanya, from here in our conversation, a lot of us have been in all sorts of social isolation, even some in quarantine, which has been enforced. The idea of being isolated, that could either cause us to fall to pieces or it could be an opportunity to get things back together. What are your thoughts for the, for the good and the bad of, of quarantine and social isolation? Yeah, times of stress are a great revealer, aren't they? We often see things coming up in our lives. You know, I think... Um, it has produced very different things for for different people, as you say. I was listening to a video recently and they were saying that 40% of people are not comfortable with their own thoughts. And so automatically we turn to social media or we distract ourselves with technology to try and get away from them and how unhealthy that can be. So I think that for a time like this, it's just a perfect opportunity to start to deal with some of that. And then if we are Christians, then allow the Spirit of God to start working on our inner lives. Um, we're always too busy, you know, uh, in the Western world, everyone, how are you? Oh, I'm so busy. I've got so much to do. I'm so stressed and the traffic's so bad and et cetera, et cetera. And all of a sudden now we're not that busy and <laughs> there's not much to do yeah. on the weekend. I've been doing a lot of corona cleaning, Neil. I don't know if you yes. have. <laughs> I know that's a real thing. <laughs> but um, I think this is a, a great opportunity to really do some inner work and to look at what's going on internally and to then take that to God and start to allow um, our thoughts to be redirected to the things that are good and wise and true. And, you know... Success always happens from the inside out. And so if we want to experience transformation, we have to start with ourselves. And I feel like this is just a giant opportunity to really do some God work on ourselves. Tanya, um, not to miss it. Most of us are not going to turn our homes into like a monastery. You know, where you've got a vow of silence and uh, continually seeking God all day long. For most people, I'm just <laughs> suspecting they're probably still going to want to watch some Netflix movies. How do you fit all this yeah. in? Because, you know, you can spend all of your time doing those things that before made you feel good. But then yeah. when we hear of uh, Tanya Harris saying, well, you need to take some time and get before God and get some things worked out. Uh, what are you saying so far as a balance might go in how yeah. you use this time effectively uh, without throwing out the idea that if you've got so much time on your hands, you don't feel guilty about watching a movie? Yeah, absolutely. We, I have been watching movies, Neil. I do confess. Well, <laughs> um, cool. It has to be small things. It, it has to. You can't. <laughs> human nature does not change quickly. So let me give you an example. One of the things I do... Now, this has happened habitually over a long time. 
So I'd often wake up and the first thing I'd do is I'd reach my phone and start to check my emails or my notifications. And it's just been a habit just ingrained in me and it immediately sets my mind on the, the working day rather than fixing my eyes on Jesus and just taking st- you know, stock of the morning, take a breath. So one of the smallest things I've done is just to turn my internet off when I pick up my phone and to start to just spend that time first with God before I do anything else. Simple, simple thing. It's really hard. I can't tell you. I broke it this morning, Neil. I've been <laughs> doing so well for two weeks. And I picked it up and started checking my emails at 6 a.m. Um, but just little things like that. I think going for walks and half an hour walks every day and just taking stock what you know? What am I thankful for? What am I learning today? Um, what is God speaking to me about? Just um, nice uh, little habits that actually change our lives. They often tell us psychologists that the changes in our lives don't occur out of the big things. It occurs out of all those little things that become ingrained in our patterns of behaviour. So, patterns and habits—those are the exactly. sorts of things you yes. create as you're bringing about some level of reorientation. I mean. For some people, when they hear from God, I imagine, you know, this whole idea of a bolt of lightning out of the blue and all of a sudden God's voice was there telling me which way to go and what to do. But I imagine for the majority of people, there's an intentional turning to God and opening your ears to listen to what he has to say rather than uh, just wait for something to come out of the blue. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. It's proactive. It's, it's absolutely proactive. And also, I think in that process, we, we want to be hearing from God, but there's actually okay to be hearing from our own thoughts as well and to becoming self-aware about what's going on underneath. I mean, I think what is probably happening in lockdown for people is that we're discovering, you know, we're getting angry, we're getting resentful, we're facing conflict, you know, because we're all in such tight surroundings and we're getting confronted by those things. So instead of going off to work and doing this and doing that and pushing it all aside, this is an opportunity to go, okay, what's happening here? Um, And I've been doing that in my own life too, just in having had more isolation than normal, just reflecting on some weaknesses in my own character and going, okay, God, what's happening here? And getting some real insight. And I think, again, we, you know, when we follow God, he starts to change us from the inside out and then that spills over into our lives. So, this this time for that to happen is just so important to really start confronting, okay, what's in my heart that's stopping me from moving forward and how can I build my relationships with people who I love the most and um, what is my thought life like uh, in terms of how I treat people and how I can grow. All of those things are just just so important and so helpful to be spending time working through as we're going in this quieter time. Tanya, how much is our hearing from God, a mystical experience, and how much would be a natural experience? Because some people will argue that God's already spoken and hearing from God is to reflect on what he's already said. So when I think of that, I think, well, uh, what things did he say? Well, uh, let's start with the great command, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart and then love your neighbour as yourself. 
uh, or the yeah. Great Commission. I mean, God has already spoken these things. Some people say, well, take Jesus' last words and make them your first priority. So God has said those things. He's told us what we ought to be doing. How much then is the mystical side of hearing something special, the voice of God, and how much is hearing what God has already said and recognizing that he's speaking to me personally through those things? I think the best way to frame the answer to that question is in the words of Jesus. In the Gospel of John, there's a whole passage where Jesus is talking about the Spirit. John chapter 14, he says to his disciples, um, you, know, I've been, you know, I've been with you for three years. Well, now I'm leaving and I'm about to give you, you know, pass on the mantle to you guys, but I'm leaving. And you can imagine the disciples' response would have been horrified because Jesus, you can't go, because how are we going to know how to do this? And then Jesus says to them, don't worry, because I'm going to send you my spirit. And my spirit's going to do two things. My spirit's going to remind you of everything that I've already said. So everything that I've established about the gospel, the truth of salvation, about God's plan for the kingdom, everything that I've said, the spirit's going to remind you about. In John chapter 14, 26, he says that. Then he says... But you can't handle everything that you need to know. I can't tell you everything right now. But don't worry, because when my spirit comes, I'm going to speak to you about things to come. In other words, after I've left, my spirit's going to continue talking to you about the things that I have for you. My spirit's going to remind you of what I've said, but also continue to speak of things to come that relates to what I've said. And so then you get Pentecost the beginning of the church, Jesus well, Jesus dies and rises again, and then he sends out his spirit on Pentecost. And that monumental day when the spirit came, the apostle Peter stands up and says, this is what was promised, that when the spirit's poured out, your young men will have visions, your old men will have dreams, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. What was he saying? Well, he was saying in the same way that the old covenant prophets heard from God, they heard from God primarily through dreams and visions, and spoke out the message to the people in the same way that they heard from God, everyone's now going to be able to hear from God by the Spirit in dreams and visions, and they'll be able to prophesy. So that's probably what you would call the mystical experiences. But again, what you see is that the disciples receive the Spirit, and then they hear from God, and they're reminded of the things that Jesus taught, the Apostle Peter stands up and preaches a message about what God had done. But then you also see the Spirit talking to them about how to take the truths of Jesus into their own situations. And so you see the Spirit talking to Stephen about the future. You see the Spirit talking to Paul about his mission on the road to Damascus. You see the Spirit talking about to, to Peter about the Gentiles coming into the church. The Spirit talks to Paul about the shipwreck. There's a whole lot of God conversations that goes on in the book of Acts. So I think that's Long answer to a short question, Neil. Um, the Spirit reminds us of everything that Jesus has said, and of course we've got that in the Bible for us, so that's easy access. We can just read the Bible and see what Jesus has already said. But then the Spirit's been given to each one of us to take those truths and to bring them into our situations. And so that's where the Spirit speaks mystically, if you like, personally, 
into our situations. We don't have one without the other. Uh, Beautiful, because it's not either or, but it's both. And when you've got this foundation of understanding what God has already said, then what makes the difference in the dynamism in our lives is what happens when the Holy Spirit brings to our minds those things that we need to give attention to. So it does mean we have to have a right way of interpreting the Scriptures to understand what that truth is and what God has already said, but it does take an ear to hear what God is saying to me personally or in my business or in my church or in my family to be able to make those things come alive from the Scriptures. And as you say, when the Holy Spirit is the comforter, the one who walks alongside teaching us all things, this is how he does it. Yeah, and it's not difficult because if once we get to know what God is like, we know that God is like Jesus ultimately. So I often say to people, don't try and hear from the Holy Spirit until you've learned about Jesus because you won't be able to recognize his voice as easily. <laughs> you know. Um, so I think that the foundation has to be that we understand that everything the Spirit says is consistent with everything Jesus said, but not only everything that Jesus said, but everything he did. So, for example, when Jesus Jesus was the Word of God in the flesh, he was God's message, fully the image of God, fully realized in his life. And so not only everything the Spirit says will be consistent with the words of Jesus, but with the deeds of Jesus. So when Jesus healed someone, when Jesus touched the leper, when Jesus removed shame from the adulterous woman, when Jesus set the captive free, these are all the things that the Spirit continues to do. So that's how you recognize it. And you just go, is this like Jesus? Does it have the same effect? Does it have the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. That makes it easy for us to discern the Spirit. The story of the PlayStation, does that sound like something God would say? Would God say something that would make a little seven-year-old boy not feel so far away from his father on the other side of the world? Would that be God? Yes, because it's love, right? So this is this is a simple way of discerning the voice of God. So being able to understand Jesus, and we often are challenging people and encouraging people to become more Christ-like. And as you understand the Jesus of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and the Jesus that those apostles talked about when they wrote the rest of the books from the New Testament, and understanding what the prophets were talking about in the future when they were all focused on Jesus. If we understand who Jesus is, then that's what gives us clarity in knowing we've heard the voice of God. That's very, very powerful. It's very profound. Yeah, it is. And again, there's, there's, we hear about these things generically, but God's heart is that we know what that looks like in our own lives. So he cares for every single person, wherever they are right now, listening in the car, listening at home, whatever situation you're going through, whether it's financial concerns, relational concerns, the spirit cares, the spirit knows what to do. And so God says to us, call to me and I'll answer you. And I'll tell you things that you don't know. I'll call, call to me and I'll, I'll be with you. I'll guide you into truth. I'll comfort you. I'll give you the wisdom of God in your situation. And so um, that's an invitation for each one of us. Everyone who chooses to follow Jesus has that incredible privilege.
Tanya, what about affirmation from some source? And sometimes people rely on a prophetic word that comes from someone or someone who doesn't know the circumstances. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or it could come from a friend or it could come from a confidant or the wisdom in the multitude of counsellors affirming the things that you believe God has spoken to you. How important is it to have others involved, particularly if it's a major decision that you're making to move forward? <laughs> I my my um I always say first of all would Jesus say this? Say is someone else saying this? <laughs> because that's the pattern and what you just said Neil is spot on. Um I often talk about that incident of the apostle Peter in Acts chapter 10. So Peter was called to build the church but Jesus never told him how to do it. He just left him with the spirit. And so Peter's on his rooftop and he is um praying. For, uh, praying probably for his life and um, he falls into a trance and he has a vision but the thing about it is that the vision is speaking about the church to come but Peter is hungry and he's waiting for lunch and he dreams about food <laughs> so he, he comes out of his vision and, and he thinks he hears someone telling him um, about God's purpose for the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, but how would he know it was God? It sounded dubious, to say the least. But the beauty of this whole story is that as he's walking around his house wondering about the vision and what it means, he hears a knock on the door, he goes to open it, and he sees Roman soldiers, and they invited him to their master's house, the house of Cornelius, over in another town. And what you see is at exactly the same time that Peter is hearing God's voice in a vision about the Gentiles, God is also speaking to someone else in another town also about God's purpose for the Gentiles. And they get together and it's like, well, what did you see? What did you hear? And they realize that God is saying the same thing twice. So what we see is that in that pattern, We hear from the Spirit. We've been given this incredible gift to hear from God. But we need God's people. We need the church. We need other people who also have the Spirit to also hear from God too because we can all get it wrong. We have our filters by which we understand what we receive. And so we need the witness of another person. And so we see this with Peter and Cornelius. And this happens in church life all the time. You know, God might speak to one person and then he speaks to another. And it's called prophecy when that happens. So, you know, my flatmate and I, we used to live together and this happened a number of times. I would have a dream. I'd wake up in the morning and I'd think, what was that? I think it might be from God. And I'd tell my friend, she said, oh, I can't believe that I had the same dream. Or I had the other half of the dream. And it, it was quite profound. I've seen this happen with married couples, husbands and wives, and God speaks twice because he knows that we need the witness of two people because we can get it wrong. So we look for affirmations that come from outside of ourselves. Let's speak just for a few moments about those listening to us now. Hard times, looking and hopeful and having aspirations for the future and uh, not all of those good things will be restored from the past for a lot of people. Uh, People who are waiting on God, listening to God. Is this a new direction God is taking? Mm. What are your thoughts for that person who's listening to us now thinking, I need to hear from God about a new direction? Yeah, look, and I think it's perfectly 
um, natural normal to grieve over what we've lost because we've lost a lot. And I think that we have to often go through that process of loss, whether that's a job or something special. I've lost my PhD graduation ceremony. My best friend lost her wedding. It's been postponed for a year. This, these are not easy things. But at the same time, when we follow God, we need to realize that God does work out things for good. And that means that there are better things on the horizon that God can actually turn those things around and there is hope for outcomes that are good and you know those those words that we often quote very familiar ones in Jeremiah 29 verse 11 for I know the plans I have for you not to harm you but for prosperity in the future we often don't realize that those words were spoken as God's people in the ancient world were going into exile so they were going away from everything they had known, from their homes, their jobs, their communities, their livelihoods. And yet God says, for I know the plans I have for you. They are good and for hope and a future. And so I think that if we can just get that understanding into our hearts that God has plans for good, that even though we've lost some things, there are good things to come. And we hold on to that in faith and then we keep our eyes wide open and we say, okay, God, what are you doing? Let me see. There, there's opportunities. There's new things. The, the creative spirit of God has a way of turning disappointment into great hope and joy. So that's well, Tanya, what I'm holding on to, Neil. <laughs> that is beautiful because this powerful hope that we have uh, always includes the idea that God has our best interests at heart. And uh, yes. beautiful to hear you reflect there. Hey, running out of time here, you've got a God Conversations e-course and uh, listening to God in lockdown. It's a seven-video study series on how to hear and recognize and respond to God's voice. And you normally have a charge on that, uh, but you've wanted to offer listeners today a special deal. So for the next 48 hours, you're saying uh, that's available at half price. Uh, when someone goes onto your website at godconversations.com and they sign up to do that e-course, uh, what if, what's the best thing they'll get out of that? I think it will help people to draw their attention to the reality that God does want to speak to you personally and give you some tools to recognize it and respond to it when that happens. And so it's um, a course that we have taught all around the world as a ministry in churches. But I also, we made it available at half price because we thought what a great opportunity as people are at home, they've got more time. Let's really focus in on listening to God in this time. So it's whether you're a beginner or whether you're further down the track. It's just an opportunity to really zone in on what the Spirit is saying and to make this time useful for good. Well, Tanya Harris leads God Conversations, and the website to go to is godconversations.com. That's godconversations.com. Tanya, great getting an update with you today. Thanks so much for Thanks. sharing Been your thoughts. Fun. Been wonderful it's been hearing so much your fun heart. Talking to you, Neil. Yeah, absolutely. And all the best to your wonderful listeners as well. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 